honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hi, my name is Charlene Masona and I oversee global entertainment marketing at New Balance. I've just recorded my episode for the Women in Sneakers session of the Strange on Purpose podcast. We don't do things, we do things extremely weird, uh, to be completely honest. Q might come with some strange questions. Not like weird, that that sounds really weird. I'm weird. It's yeah, he's right. a weird dude, but like, well, <laughs> if... Since the agenda is very, very vague, uh, we do that on purpose because if you get really into a story that you love about your time at Puma, T-Mobile, anything like that, we want to ask questions on those stories, right? We want to make yeah. sure that I, I didn't, while it might be the first 20 to 25 minutes being about you, it might go into 30, 45 minutes, whatever, whatever it goes, we'll let the, the conversation take itself. Yeah. And I'm, I'm that way as well. I'm like, Hey, I looked at them. You know, I jotted down a few talking points, but I was like, I'm one of those like, hey, let's just have an open dialogue. Let's just have a conversation. I'm going to tell you that way. It just comes across like just natural and it's just a conversation. Do you think that's where, so that mindset, do you think that's almost the same mindset that you brought towards your position? I would say that's generally me. Like yeah. I'm. I would say I'm pretty just like an easygoing, like, hey, let's just go with the flow kind of person. Let's 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 navigate. Let's, you know, if something comes up, let's look, let's look into more into it. Let's dive deeper or let's navigate. So I don't like to pigeonhole myself into like these parameters. And I would say that's probably like a fresh perspective I'm bringing to New Balance as well. Just like, A, they haven't really done much in the entertainment space, you know, done a few more tactical things like North America team, some of our other regions. But now like with Jaden and really coming in to kind of grow that um, strategy, the entertainment strategy for them. It's like, hey, you know, let's look at, let's look at this. Let's try this. Let's try something different that maybe in my other positions I thought about but weren't able to do it or whatever. So given that they're pretty like entrepreneurial in how just like they let you go with your role it's a good uh, for me I was like this is the perfect fit for me it's like the structure which is obviously every organization has it but there's also like hey if you think this is a good idea and you can like bring all the like a obviously the ROIs and the strategies and how we ladders up to our business priorities and stuff like that hey let's run let's let's look at it let's figure it out let's see how we can move about it and I'm only um what four months coming up to four months in now so Seeing that, it's like, oh, this is definitely a fresh breath of fresh air to be able to do things like that. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. It's, it's really cool sitting down and seeing from my perspective, New Balance is having an amazing year. Um, and whether that, that be on just shoes or whether that be um, with the name, with apparel and everything like that, it just seems like the name is popping up a lot more than usual. Um, I'm from Chicago, so uh, Joe Fresh Goods, um, his collaboration uh, during All-Star Weekend was amazing. And I, while me and my buddies weren't able to get our hands on a pair, like that's been almost eye-opening from a standpoint of just New Balance. And what he did with New Balance is opened up his demographic to those shoes. And now I see my buddies wearing a pair of 990s, and I'm like, you never did that before, like, <laughs> like stuff like that. And it's, it's really, really cool how just the simple, like partnering with the right people can open doors to almost everything. And, def and that's one of the things that prompted me to want to come here. It's like, you know, I've been at major organizations, T-Mobile, Puma, Sony Music, you know, Universal, Def Jam, but seeing a brand who's been around for over a hundred years, but now essentially reinventing themselves. It's like, hey, allow me to reintroduce myself and like giving people that chance to really shine from our collaborations that you're seeing with like Joe Fresh Goods, the Casablanca, mm -hmm. to just obviously Jaden, you know, 
over the last couple of weeks, we just released his silhouette this week. Yeah. His product comes out next week. And he's a, that's going to be a game changer as well. So it's like, no, this is what they're doing. When I was at Puma, I knew of New Balance, but our competitors were always Nike and Adidas. Mm. Under Armour was kind of there, but those were always the competitors. And then everything else was just always like, yeah, they're there. They're nice. <laughs> but now it's like no like we can legit compete for that number three spot with what we're doing you know bringing in the right people doing the right collaboration just kind of really going against the grain you know one of the biggest our mantra is like fearless independent so you know you go on everywhere we pride ourselves to be fearless independent and i think that's starting to come out now with some of the work that you're seeing with new balance doing some of the um, relationships, Kawhi Leonard, Co- um, Coco, you know, people who really like stand apart in their respective fields. Mm-hmm. And so it's really coming together like that. What can we expect if you're able to talk about it? Like what, what's the future look like? Well, Jaden, he's going to be a big player for us um, in the coming years. So he has obviously product coming out next week um, available july 24th in the us and globally is going to follow shortly after and then he has a couple more drops with the same silhouette just different colorways throughout the rest of this year and then he's going to start working on his new 2021 silhouette as well so that's obviously going to like push the boundaries he already did that did this with this one particularly he already did going to continue pushing it and one, we're going to do more work with him like when it comes to the environment and sustainability just because that's a real key passion area for him and the brand as well, which is one of the reasons why the brand partnered with him. And then Kawhi, he's got a lot of stuff coming out. You know, basketball's coming back around, so expect for the next seasons for a bunch of things to come out with him. Coco, she's coming off like an amazing year last year so she's growing into her own she's only 16 but she's becoming this amazing woman and you're going to expect more to see from her so and then as I continue to build out the strategy you're going to start growing the roster outside of Jaden so female ambassador going to start looking at bringing a global female ambassador in and bringing in more partnerships and then just going deeper within like the lifestyle music entertainment space as well so definitely 2021 like back off of this year 2021 is going to be exciting for New Balance. That's legit it's this isn't really a question but it's really cool to see like all the way from like you talking about how they give you autonomy, you can do what you believe in, you know, to the people that you're collaborating with, like this story that, this story of going against the grain and doing what you believe in, like it trickles down all the way from the top. And that's just, I don't know, it's something that's important to me. That's cool. Yeah, no, it's definitely important. And it comes, like I said, it trickles down from top up, like our CMO, um, Chris Davis, like that's something he firmly believes in and he gives, gives it to us and he's like, hey, you know, Ultimately, we want to compete for that number three spot. So let's like right now, this is our time. Let's really kind of start continue pushing those boundaries and really kind of going against the grain and really showing that new balance. Hey, we actually do some really cool product. I love that. Like you seeing like all your experience that you mentioned earlier, it, it set you up to be in the position you are today and seeing how many things you've done in each role how did you get to, what do you, what do you, I think the question I'm looking for is what do you kind of give the credit to towards your tenacity in each of these roles and the, the hard work that you put towards this? Is it, are you shaped by family? Are you shaped by just hard work? What is it? It's a combination of things. So my family definitely play a major role. Like, you know, I came to the U.S. when I was 20 years old <laughs> and I have family here, like extended family here, but my media family is still back in England. So their support over the years has just been amazing. From my internship days at Def Jam, where I was making no money, they put in, in living in New York too. Yeah, <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> exactly. You know, one, you learn how to get scrappy with $5. Yeah. <laughs> make that stretch for a week but they really supported me in just like ensuring that I was good from like just a way to like just live like food housing and just things that I wanted to do like and that's not to say like my family's super I would say not super but they're pretty conservative that they're very like go get a degree 
become a doctor, become this. Like, that's how they are. Like, my grandfather, he's, he was big on education. So, like, that's trickled down to, like, my parents and stuff in terms of, like, that's how we should be. But when I was, like, I really want to go into music, for them, it was, like, uh, you know, is there, like, money in that? Is there <laughs> longevity in that? But when they saw that this was something that I really wanted to do and it was a passion, like, my mom was, like, hey, we're not, I'm not going to stop you, ultimately. You know, don't get me wrong, along the way, we have our quarrels about, like, <laughs> when I'm like, hey, mom, I need some money here, because mm -hmm. <laughs> off on these streets. And she's like, well, let me just come back home and get a job. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and things, but ultimately, she's, she's supported me, even, like, till now. Like, she's been a major backbone. Every city I've lived in, she's, like, come, visited, spent time. So I would say family has been a major one. My brother, my sister, they've all been like important. My stepdad, they were like super important in like just helping me a make that dream come true from wanting to go into the music industry, which was something that I always wanted to do. So the ability that they afforded me, they bought my ticket for me to move to New York, they paid for my housing, all of that. But then throughout the way, I'll just say it's my like perseverance for me. I'm just somebody like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all in. And, you know, things are going to happen, challenge, life's going to throw you curveballs, and then you just learn to navigate, figure it out, and then just put in the hard work. So I'm a firm believer in hard work, perseverance, and then networks, I'll say, is definitely a big one. Like Skein, um, he was a mentor of mine from Def Jam, and he actually is the one who gave me my first full-time position at Def Jam. And to this day, him and I have a pretty good relationship. I still call him to get advice and bounce off things, ideas from him. So he's been very instrumental in just like helping me navigate and just being that sounding board as well across the board. So I would say there's been like definitely a combination, A, my drive, my family, and then people that I've encountered, like my network of people that I've encountered across the, along the way. I love that. I love that. Before we get too deep into the episode, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, my name is Charlene Sona, and I oversee global entertainment marketing for New Balance. Awesome. What? How did you get to the position? Do you want to take us on that journey as to how you, I, from interning at Def Jam to now overseeing global marketing um, with New Balance? Yeah, so I started, like I said, my dream is always, was always to be in music, like, but I've always, I was always a big sports fan, like, growing up, a major sports fan, so I had pretty much two paths that I wanted to take, it was, I'm going into music, or I'm going into sports, <laughs> so that's what was literally it for me, yeah. um, but music is the one that was needed resonated the most, and the one that was like, oh, this looks a little bit more exciting, I guess back then, because when it comes to corporate sports jobs, I didn't know too much about them, but I was seeing, obviously, the Diddies, the Russell Simmons, and them, you know, the Julie Greenwoods and stuff, making actual careers out of the music industry. So that was like, okay, music seems like a good path. So in school, in what was at university, and one of my, my degree was like a sandwich program, where it's a four-year program, but in the third year, you get the opportunity to get some real-life work experience. Basically, with the goal that you leave your college with a degree, but at least one year experience, that way you can actually get into a good job out of it. So I was doing international business, which had nothing to do with what I wanted to do, <laughs> but there was no way I was going to con convince my parents that music was a degree or something that I could really use. And for the third year program, I wanted to come out and work at a record label. So I started like applying at all the record label. I got this book, like you guys probably don't remember, but like back in the day, like when I talk about the 2000s era, <laughs> <laughs> there was like this book, which was like the Bible. Now you could just go online, Google everything and everything comes up. So it was like the music industry Bible. It gave you every label, um, basically that was around in New York and in, and in LA. Every, and you'd, it would sometimes give you contacts. So whether it was a fax number, an email address or something. So that summer after my second year, trying to get my placement for the next year, like all my friends had already got theirs. I hadn't yet because I was like, I'm going to New York. I remember telling my best friend, I'm going to New York. Everybody was like, yeah, right. She was like, no, she's going to go to New York. <laughs> and then... So I went through one day, like just combing through that book and just my resume, just emailing it, faxing it, emailing, faxing. I spent like a whole work day doing that. 
And that afternoon, I was just like sitting back watching TV and my phone rings. And it's like, hey, Steve Penta from Def Jam. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Def Jam's actually calling me back. <laughs> wow. That's like, to me, it was just like, do you understand how big that is? Like when you think about labels back then, like Def Jam was just like the label. So it was like, Def Jam's calling back. And he's like, yeah, I just received your resume. It looks like you're looking for an internship. I'm actually looking for an intern. And I was like, oh, snap, yeah. Like, what department? He was like, A&R. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, how quickly can you come out here? And you have to, you know, I'm interviewing, so you still have to interview. And I was like, give me two weeks. You know, my folks were out of the country, so... I kind of needed some time and plus I need them to buy my plane ticket too. So I had to wait for them to come back. They came back. I told them first, they were like, well, you can't just go for an inter interview. And I was like, no, I actually have the internship. Mm. <laughs> you know, and they were like, okay, how long for, I was like the summer. I didn't want to say the year because that would have been so unrealistic. If I didn't get the internship, it would have been like for the whole year, they would have been like, so what happened? But at least the summer, if I didn't get it, I was like, I can figure something out. I can just stay with my cousin for three months and just, you know, act like I'm intern somewhere. So I said for the summer. So they were like, okay, go. Got to New York a couple of weeks later, later got, the in got the internship. And, and he actually wasn't with the guy because in speaking with him, he was like, you're more um, suited towards like, it seems like your passion is like hip hop, R&B and all of that. He was more on the pop rock side of things. So he then introduced me to his colleague who was work, he was Skane's assistant at the time. And then I got the internship with her. So worked out. So I wasn't, I didn't have to tell my parents too much of a lie. <laughs> That's amazing. Got the internship, and then within a few months, Skane, she left, she moved to a different um, manager, so Skane at this point needed a full-time assistant, and then he asked me if I wanted the job, and knowing I have a year for this work placement, I was like, sure, I'm going to take the job, <laughs> but not telling him that I only have one year here. Mm -hmm. I was like, we'll figure something out when that, when that time comes. So I took the job and he, he was a VP of A&R at the time. So I was working under him. Um, and he also was uh, oversaw Desert Storm, which is obviously fabulous, DJ Clue and those guys. So I definitely worked a lot on those projects as well. So after about a year of working with him and I was like, okay, now I've got to go back home. So I've got to go back and finish my degree. How are we going to do this? I called my professor, my marketing professor because I built a good relationship with him over the couple of years, told him my predicament. And he was like, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell him I told you this. In the history of the school, there's been one girl who has needed to do something similar to what you're asking to do, which was basically finish my degree in a timely manner, but not be present to actually finish it in a timely manner. Online classes wasn't a thing back then. Mm -hmm. So He's, so he's like, I'm told they did this. So I'll write a letter to the Dean and I'll co-sign it. So I did that. And then they proved basically for me to be self-taught basically for the final year. Um, I couldn't get special treatment. The only treatment I got was for my final dissertation. They just gave me a few more months to hand it in. However, all my other assignments had to be handed in on the deadlines. I had to teach myself the curriculum and then I had to fly back for my finals. Wow. To do those in person. So imagine working full time in the music industry, which is not nine to five, mm -hmm. it's not 40 hours, and studying full time for your final year of college. Wow. So that's nuts. It, it was insane, but I loved every moment of it. And, you know, I definitely became a, I slept on like, survived off for like four hours of sleep pretty much most days during that time but I was at that point it was like I'm working in my dream job dream industry I get to keep my family happy and get my degree you know what more can I really ask for if it means losing sleep hey let me just lose sleep so I did that and then eventually Skane would leave Def Jam and that's when I moved over to the marketing department and that's pretty much where my marketing journey like really began um so at this point working on like 
coordinating for the marketing department, working with like Neo, Fabulous and Jeezy and a bunch of other artists. So I spent a couple of years, like saying three years at Def Jam before moving over to Jive, which is now RCA, which is under Sony Music. And then I spent a couple of years there. And then after, I think I started getting fatigued of being in New York. It'd been like nearly six years in New York. I needed a change of um, pace and everything. So I decided I want to move to LA. Don't know anybody in LA. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anybody in LA. I convinced one of my friends who was also from England, but he had previously moved to Texas. So I convinced him to move to LA too. So I was like, hey, why don't you move to LA? Should run into sales. I was like, yeah, we could do great in LA. Like, we don't even work in the same industry. Like, he's in IT. So we're like, let's just move to LA. And then he was like, sure. What? So <laughs> Lies. So we both, like, moved to LA. And I started, like, just, you know, LA life. You start, like, consulting, freelancing. So I stayed in, like, doing some work in music. But now started dabbling in, like, film. And then started dabbling in sports. And did some work with Sean May. Uh, and, and his foundation. And his boss was camp for a few years. So I spent a few times doing that before I saw a position where Kumar came up for entertainment marketing. And I was like, well, I've kind of been doing, I know, because they want you to drive the music strategy, which I know music. I live mm-hmm. and breathe music. And now I've kind of really been doing a lot of the brand marketing side with some of like the consulting work I've been doing. So I think I actually would be good for this role. So I applied for the role and I got the job. So that's how I transitioned over to the brand side of things and definitely did some cool work with them, did the classics campaign with Young Thug, um, Mm. which was like, to this day, probably one of my favorite campaigns that I've done. Nice. Um, Just because it's like, you took, Young Thug, and you know how he is. He just like breaks mm-hmm. the mold. Yep. And you you put him into an iconic, like silhouette, like program, like you know jumpsuit, like just iconic. But somebody who breaks the mold and just how he dresses anyway. But he looks, it just came out great. Yeah. Like that thing that came out great. So this like Young Thug, and then Big Sean um, came in as an ambassador now, and then he had a collection to so start doing work him amongst others obviously helping drive like the music strategies and just doing things activations on the ground around music events bringing working different talent from your gucci main ray tremor and just like a whole host of people which just obviously helped because of my network within the music industry i was able to kind of really bring all of that in and continue working with them and then i got received a call from t-mobile out of the blue Hmm. (laughs) and they were like, we came across your resume on LinkedIn and we have an entertainment marketing position that we would love to um, talk to you about. So at the time I was like, I don't know, you know, you want me to move to Seattle? I never really wanted to move to Seattle. <laughs> it's never on my radar. I don't know about telecommunications, but I'm one of those people that I love to be stretched in what I do. So if it means I'm going to learn from something and it's going to help me like become a better version of myself or just like propel to another level, I'm going to grab that opportunity. So after like mulling it over, I was like, I think this is a great opportunity just because it was a different from the work at Puma, different from the work I've been doing in the music industry, like consulting with people that completely different in just how they approached their programs and just their entertainment marketing strategy. But it really, it, they were, it was more, I would say, strategic, which having never studied entertainment marketing or all of that kind of stuff, a lot of what I do, like I said, is freestyling. It's like, hey, this is going to work. Let's mm-hmm. do this. It, that really helped me like hone in on that strategy element of how I view things. So, you know, at, time, at first getting there I was like I don't know if I like this I don't know this is going to be cool enough but then after my time there I was like this was amazing because I worked on like amazing projects from like Ariana Grande you know we had that in 2019 we had the biggest artist period mm-hmm. so yeah Ariana Grande you had Post Malone Jonas Brothers so when you talk you talk about all the other artists obviously Beyonce Drake and everybody else but when you're also talking like you 
you're not you also should talk about ariana grande and like how she breaks like records and all of that stuff so we had like the biggest artists when it came to just doing work with them and then we would we did a lot of activations on the ground so like music tours music festivals and we were really trying to define how um t-mobile is viewed in the live music space so that to me alone was just like amazing experience just to get and then just like the ability to kind of hone in some of those like programs in with like Ariana Grande like we sponsored her tour which was like 64 four dates the first time it came around then it came back for like another 30 plus dates and I basically managed the whole tour side of it then she we activated with her on the ground at like festivals and then at one point I was juggling Post Malone tour Ariana Grande tour and Jonas Brothers tour all at the same time wow but it was just like just it was definitely great so then I'll say late last year um wasn't really looking to leave T-Mobile you know great company took some great programs we were starting out building in looking at like what we we're going to do in 2020 um at that point obviously now I can talk about it because it's past tense but at that point we were looking at Justin Bieber and he had his tour coming up for this year. So we were like, that's gonna be another major tour that we can align with another major artist. And so we were working on all those cool things. So when the New Balance gig opened up, it was like, it's the East Coast, means I'm closer to family again. Mm -hmm. And two, they've never really played in that space. So to me, I viewed it as like, this is a blank canvas. Like I can really come in and do some really cool stuff here. Like now take all my experience, T-Mobile, Puma, consulting, basketball, Sean, film, television, all the labels I'd work at. I can now take all of that and really create something really great here. So when Opportunity came out and I started talking to them and met with the team, I was like, this is, I think I want to do this. I think I want to make this move. Um, only thing was like, okay, now you're moving to another city again. <laughs> which is now Boston, another city that you've never thought about living in. Did you take a friend and, with you this time? Yeah, so I moved to Seattle. So yeah, I moved to Seattle <laughs> and moved to here. My boyfriend's been with me in both of those journeys. Nice. The way, I usually, I brought somebody along with me. completely <laughs> green by myself. Yeah, you should have went in sales. I know, right? Should have. Should <laughs> I really should. And so, yeah, four months in and I'm so far loving it. That's amazing. That is amazing. It's amazing that you answered all of that in just like one go. Most people are like, should I keep talking? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's I a, dig it. There's a, from what you answered in the beginning, you, you said you're a very much, let's, let's do it. Let's just kind of, let's not just put our toes in, let's just jump right in type of person. And hearing that, like, 100% like parallel paths and what you're doing and in what I've seen from New Balance, it seems like you're going to bring a, a breath of fresh air, but then uh, something that they've never seen before. And that's really, really dope to me. Also, I thought that um, when I saw Puma, I was like, ooh, I wonder if she helped with Selena Gomez and she can make an <laughs> intro, but never mind. <laughs> um, no, I worked on the men's side of the business. Okay. So Okay. <laughs> That's a um, side note. I know this isn't about sneakers or you, but um, ever since I was little, Selena Gomez was on Barney and I told my mother that I was going to marry her. Um, my girlfriend right now, Aaron, if you're listening right now, I'm sorry, but this actually did happen. I told, I told my mom that I was going to marry Selena Gomez when she was on Barney. So I've been her biggest fan since then. You really yeah. shouldn't have gotten into sales. No, man. no. That's not something you say. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, really cool seeing i mean you've worked in and out of sneakers you've worked in and out of apparel you've been in music all these different places but it seems like the industries that you've been in have dealt with the same issues that society's kind of dealing with um and by dealt i mean it, they're still probably working through those issues um that number one being representation um whether that's people of color or women or anything it, it really truly feels like there's a lack of it in those industries and whether if there is maybe they're not talked about as much or anything like that do you do you have any 
without stepping on any toes or getting yourself into trouble, do you have any uh, experiences that you want to talk about as a woman in either the music industry, the telecommunications industry, or the sneaker industry? Um, then I would say pretty much the same, you know, all industries have been a male-dominated industry. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to, like, women in any industry, this has been, like, a problem from, like, beginning of time. Yeah. <laughs> and still being a problem so i wouldn't like specifically call out any incidences but i will say i've seen like male counterparts get promotions that quicker than i should have got a promotion i've seen them you know you know seen sneakily seen some of their paychecks and be like so you make more money than me and we do the same job <laughs> okay and you know so i've definitely experienced all of those things but with everything that's going on right now i do think we have to look at the positive side of it. And the positive side is that women and black women go and get those jobs, apply for those jobs that you don't think you can get right now. You know, seek that promotion, ask for that pay rise because we're now in that position of like situation of like, hey, let's start addressing some of these issues that we're facing, whether it's racial, whether it's women and start giving a voice. So you're starting to see more women have get their voice. Mm -hmm. You're starting to see more women being able to do that. And then with New Balance, like bringing in like women like me to come in, help shape departments and do some of the work, you know, bringing that fresh perspective and things like that. It's like, hey, my voice is being valued. And they do see me, they do hear me. And, you know, hopefully in the next few years, we're gonna start seeing a more women in position of leadership, more women in the sneaker industry, whether it's owning sneaker, owning sneaker stores or like talking about sneakers or just being like face of the brand or even just in position of leadership. But I would say like for New Balance, one thing that they've, I've seen is that there is a few women who are there in position of leadership, like our head and our director of apparel, they're both women. And our general manager of footwear, also women. Our head of um, PR and the PR team, women. So though there's a lot of work to be done just so that it's like 50 50 across the board new balance is bringing in and recognizing talent for what it is which is talent and which is how they approach like their ambassadors and the athletes that they work with like if you know the three to seven the class the star that's mm -hmm. out right now that was designed by a woman really so, exactly nice <laughs> So here you are, a new silhouette when you don't normally see silhouettes, like new silhouettes popping up, like mm. especially for inline when they're not like collaborations, you know, in-house, it was designed by a woman. So she's based out of our, um, Charlotte Lee, she's based out of our UK office and she started off as an intern. So really? they that's really like, cool. Oh, that voice and do all of that stuff. So as much as in the past and even sometimes now, male counterparts do get a lot of the glory, do get the bigger pay job, they do get the promotions. We are starting to see that change and it's also changing time for women to be like, hey, this is my time too. I love that. The 327, actually, I have my first pair coming in on Tuesday. Um, yeah, which nice, one's man? I got the rust, so like the orangish. I'm a Chicago Bears fan and it fits in perfectly for my, uh, when I wear the jerseys throughout, I'm in, we're in Wisconsin, so I love to support my bears up here because a lot of people, get, I like to piss people off, I guess. Um, so they match the jersey, long story short. Um, but that's really cool seeing that. I, I feel like that's, that story should definitely be told too. Like the, the fact that. It is. You, they just did an interview, right? Yeah. You just shared that on your LinkedIn, right? Yeah, she did an interview yeah. recently with High Snobiety, yeah, yeah, talking about it, you know. So, and it should be highlighted even more. And then yeah. another one is that earlier this year, they released the 998 mm -hmm. made by women, which was designed, developed, marketed. The whole team was women. That's so dope. That's really dope. Could you dive a little bit deeper into like that? I think like with everything that's, I hate saying with everything that's going on, but like just BLM, you know, it's like a lot of what you hear is like, listen, in this show, like obviously like it's hosted by two men. And like, there's things we don't know. We've talked to people like, hey, like, what should we highlight? What should we, what should we talk about? Um, and like, we've even asked like our community, like same thing. I think the demographics of the show is like 50-50 men and women. So we're speaking more to, um, more than just women on the show or mm -hmm. with the show. But for you, like, what would you say that is something that we need to know? What's something that we can do? Like, how can we help? Like, just let us listen, you know? 
I was like, when you talk about women and obviously across the board, regardless of race, and then when you talk about the black women, which is one of the most marginalized group of women in society, I think it's A, hearing them out, like give and give them that voice, be supportive to them. Like, I think one of the biggest things, and it comes from a history of women should be in the kitchen <laughs> and not be heard. And men are the ones who are out there doing their thing. So it's like, no, like give them that voice because you'll be surprised like what we can do. And so for example, speaking to you being a black man, the support that we give our black men, we want the same level of support as well. And then when we talk about our allyship, give us that level of support that you would probably give a white woman, a Jewish woman, an Arabic woman, whatever race, Asian woman, also give us that level of support as well. And just listen to us and just see us for who we are, not not like our gender, not the color of our skin. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's wild how much we don't listen, you know, like to everything, <laughs> every issue, like from grief to race to gender, like everything, you know, like it just, it's wild. We do not listen. I made a post on LinkedIn, like don't need to go into it, but I was like, just tell me if you disagree with it or not and tell me why. And people just went in and just mad and angry and no one's listening to anything, you know, like there's just, mm -hmm. there's so much of that, especially like with gender. So just something we wanted to dig into. I know that's not a question. I'm, I've had like seven cups of coffee. <laughs> You're good. No, I think definitely in and just like, I think what the perpetration, especially when you talk about black women, we've always been deemed as strong. Mm. And that word has meant that other races, whether it's other like white women or whoever they are, and men, because that word is like connect so closely connected to black women, they think we don't need to give them a voice or they, they're okay. You don't need to listen to them. You don't, and then you start seeing it in like the medical industry and just other areas because of just that perception of who black women are. And it's like, yes, we are strong because <laughs> we've had to carry and endure a lot, but it doesn't mean that our voices don't, doesn't matter and we shouldn't be cared about and we shouldn't have that platform as well. Absolutely. I think uh, what's really cool about this season specifically, whatever episode that we are in, so far, um, the guest list is dominated by women of color. And oh, when I actually reached out to um, one, of the, one of the previous guests on the podcast uh, was Erin Narlock. She's the senior, or she, she runs the archives at Reebok. And... Mm -hmm. She was one of the ones that inspired me to kind of look more into women in sneakers and then inspired me to start talking to the team about this specific topic. And she told me, hey, there's a lot of women, there's a lot of women of color doing a lot of cool things in this industry. And when I started doing research, those women were popping up, but in small, small little pockets of the internet. But once I started being introduced to people in the industry, all of a sudden, all these women of color were popping up. And I just feel like we're, in a sense, we're doing our due diligence and giving a platform for these people to stand up and start telling their stories. Because I, I feel like people of color do a okay job, maybe I, I would say a lackluster job at giving other people of color voices to just, or giving the, the platform just to be heard. And because um, we're so focused on we got to make it you know right everything's, exactly everything's against let me let me get this platform first and exactly. then i'll give then i'll bring you in afterwards yeah exactly. so no i definitely yeah when you guys reached out and i was like you know what i think this is a timely and definitely would love obviously just to give in that voice just to kind of say like hey because at the end of the day you have to inspire next generation so i want to make sure that those coming up know that hey the sneaker industry isn't all men you may see it now, but hopefully it's going to change becomes 50-50. So if, you, if you're passionate and you want to get into the sneaker industry, get into it. If you're passionate and you want to get into music, get into it. You mentioned the next generation. What, what's the best piece of advice that you can give the next generation towards just achieving their dreams, whether it's the sneaker industry, music, teaching, whatever you want to do? I, was, I would say let your passion just lead you. I think for me, especially if you're going into industries that you're highly, highly passionate about, I think for me, my passion has been a driving force, like being in the music industry, like 
been loving music from day one it just it was like the driving force to keep going even when everything was like being thrown at me and everything was against me it was just that hey I would rather do this than have a bank job and sitting behind the desk for like nine hours and clocking out like I just can't imagine doing that and if you're passionate about sneakers or design like if you're just passionate about drawing um parents I'll say older generation parents or maybe like more the boomers they would be like drawing what's in drawing because for them they're thinking of just like Picasso and like you have to be on that level but it's like no you can if you're good at sketching sketch some shoes get them designed you know you can get a job actually designing shoes based off of your sketches that you're not the one stitching them you're bringing your vision they're going to bring your vision to life so there is a career so whatever you're passionate about look research and see like what avenues you can take because there's so many different ways you can take it like for me music it was like label 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 but then as I got into it I was like no I can be on the brand side and I can do different things so similarly if you following something there's probably like another an industry that you might like or you might want to get into. I know people who design like the logos and stuff for like NBA teams and all of that. And that's just from a passion of drawing mm -hmm. and you're doing that. So just for, let your passion lead you. I love that. Hey, I met my, this, this is connected. I promise. Uh, <laughs> I met my girlfriend's dad recently and he gave me this book on like sneaker history because I'm not a sneakerhead at all. Like I was a musician, like I'm super into music um, and esports and things like that. But I had this book on sneaker history and he saw it. He's like, what is that? Tell me about that. I just, I started like just telling him about everything that I've been learning. You know, it's like legit too, you know, and I'm seeing like this intersection, like you mentioned, like going from music to sneakers, but then you've got esports, you've got sports, like all these different things in there. Can you talk about that? like that melting pot and then like how you've been able to use your skill set that you've built to get into that and have you also like develop this love for sneakers as well um, through music. Exactly. And it's like from that, you take another layer, like I told you earlier that sports and music were like my two biggest passions growing up. So now I'm working at a sports apparel brand. So even though I'm working on the entertainment side, I'm still connected to the sports side. So when it comes to product being released, I help drive some of like the seeding who that comes to and then that goes into the music industry and entertainment industry. So it's all those intersections happening across the board. So there's definitely ways like, I think now the lines are being blurred a lot more now in like what you can do is no longer, okay, if I'm going to do sports, I can only work in this sect. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to do sports, I can only work in that sect and stuff. You can definitely like go across the board. Yeah, I'm, inter I'm interested to see what happens with esports. Um, and fashion and that blend because the industry that industry is one that just needs to grow up a lot and I'm I'm interested to see what happens but you're seeing it now with music and esports with mm -hmm. Travis Scott and you know all the work that so you're in you're seeing it now like starting to like change yep. and start bringing into other like areas so I think where you are with like esports and fashion how's that intersection is like is, are we going to see a new shoe being like unveiled on like one of the i'm not i'm not a gamer so i'm probably <laughs> most dumbest <laughs> on mb2k or something you know 2020 or something 2021 are we going to see lebron's new sneaker being unveiled there instead mm -hmm. of like traditional social media like what we how's that going to be now yeah. are we going to start seeing like fashion week being conducted yes. covid and how that's going on is it going to be like digital so now it feels like you're in a game like what vr headsets and feeling like you're front row even though you know sitting next to the likes of david beckham or whoever on your front row but yet you're in your living room watching a fashion show and you can start seeing those things happening i'm ready i've been ready since 2012 <laughs> been ready since birth you mentioned fashion shows we uh my girlfriend's a massive fan of rihanna that's like the only she she actually probably weekly she's like did rihanna drop her new album yet i'm like aaron it's not it's probably never gonna come out and who knows <laughs> but she's a massive fan of rihanna and she had that uh uh she did her fashion show that went on amazon prime mm -hmm. and it was really really cool being able to experience that and you guys mentioned like maybe that's in vr in the future or something like that and happening in real time it's really cool seeing how technology has really changed the landscape of really the world right now but then like specifically like the sneaker industry like we have um, nike and adidas and new balance focused on sustainability 
and how technology is, is impacting that to, I mean, with Nike's Space Hippies, they're literally, like, uh, they're taking the junk that's on their floors in their factories and doing all this cool stuff and creating silhouettes out of it. And um, there's so much cool stuff going on, but technology is, I, I feel like the, the direction we're heading towards isn't going to be the end all. And I, in, in a sense that I feel like we're very reliant on tech, but in a, almost like it's never going to be the back to the future type of things. I, I have a, a feeling that it's never going to be the, the mags where, what's the guy's name from Back to the Future? Oh, um, uh, Marty McFly? Yeah. 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 Right. Um, so it's never going to be that, like, yeah, self-lacing, like, on, I can't buy a pair of $90 sneakers that are going to be self-lacing or anything like that. Can we, could you talk on how New Balance is, like, viewing sustainability and all that stuff through, whether that's Jaden or anything like that in the future? Yeah, so J Jaden's shoe, the Vision Racer, is actually vegan friendly. And this was like one important aspect of him. He wanted like a shoe that was going to reduce the carbon footprint. Nice. Um, and as we started talking about 2021, that's like, he's like, okay, so we test, we're teasing it with this Vision Racer. But when we start looking at Vision Racer 2, we need to like reduce that carbon footprint even more, <laughs> some more. So you're going to start seeing. Like right now it's vegan friendly, so it's not all completely like um, just 100% sustainable, but it's like pretty much the closest thing you're gonna get right now. But in the next year, and obviously the year after that, it's gonna go closer and continue going closer. And then that's gonna like lead into some of our other like inline products. So you're gonna start seeing a more sustainable approach. Um, Jaden, before he actually created this shoe, he had like gone to our um, lab our manufacturing thing and then like from old like surplus material he like created a shoe like a sample shoe and stuff like that so that was cool to see and he's like hey let's just use like the leftover material instead of like hurting you know the environment by trying to get new material things like that so you're going to start seeing a lot more of that and I think he's going to be one of those agents of change and really driving that message for us that like we do a lot of work with him with just water and sustain um water box deliveries and all of that his i love your truck that he does like work within the homeless community so they're going to continue driving that but as we start looking at some more of like our partnerships it's more so like going deeper and i like see like okay what lens can we do and how can we filter that in so a lot of the work is going to be based on like the partners that we bring in mm -hmm. but you're going to see 2021 is going to really kind of continue to push that um sustainability story even more from the from the tech perspective do you know if you guys are looking at um any collaborations like digitally i know like Louis collabed with like League of Legends, you know, like things like that. Um, whether it's like Fortnite or Apex, whatever, it doesn't matter. But is there any like digital collaborations that you guys are looking at or is that way down the line? Yeah, I'll say nothing immediately like right now, but there's been like soft conversations around a few things. Can't really go too much into the detail, but there's been like some conversations. So I think as we're evolving, because you know, what's happening right now with the pandemic, you know, with the sneak industry, a lot of the plans are long lead. So we'd already, for, we'd already planned the rest of this year in 2021 <laughs> and things like that. But what's happening right now is having us reassess, like, where are we, where are we going and what more do we need to do? And ensuring that we are, A, being forefront in everything that we do do. So when it comes to technology, we, we are looking at, like, okay, what partners can we bring in to kind of talk to that voice as well um part of the global entertainment strategies like what how can we tap into gaming and other sectors as well to kind of really bring in and continue that storytelling in other areas of technology not just like social media and stuff so nothing to say 100 percent set in stone but 2021 is definitely going to start bringing in a lot more stuff that's cool that's exciting i will purchase <laughs> oh. i think uh I think we're getting close to time here. So we're gonna hit you with the rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, if you go, when I said a few words, doesn't necessarily mean just a few words. It's just to keep the answer <laughs> yeah. short. Um, so yeah, so from this perspective, I think we're gonna start off and I think you hit on this a little bit earlier, but what's, the f what's your favorite project you've ever worked on, whether that be music or sneakers? So, or telecommunications. Uh, 
or convincing someone to move city. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say there's a couple. Um, if you go back to like my beginning times at the music industry, I would say Fabulous's album from Nothing to Something, only because this was one of my first projects, like actually be hands-on, being in it, getting credit behind it and things like that. So to me, that I hold that dear and near and dear to my heart. So that will always be like forever one of my favorites. From the Seeker perspective, Young Thug Classic Campaign would definitely be a legendary one for me. And working with Big Sean on the Clyde, that was also a good one just because A, I was now like, I've never, you know, been so close to the design of shoes. <laughs> or any like fashion apparel so just being really closely connected to him and just like his process when he came up with his take on the um, suede that I thoroughly enjoyed and I'll say like it's been four months and I'd worked with Jaden previously when I was at Puma as well because we did some work with him before he signed with New Balance um, I will say just being at New Balance and working on the vision race and just seeing how just like his mind thinks and just how he's like so visionary in what he does. Um, I'm excited to see what more he has like up his sleeve and what more, how much more he's going to continue pushing New Balance like <laughs> out of their comfort zones. Is there, uh, as a follow-up, is there a plan maybe for apparel down the line and everything like that or is that TBD or you can't talk about it? Yeah, that's TBD for right now. Okay. So as we look into the Vision Racer 2, there probably is an opportunity um, for that to happen. Nice. What's the other dog's name? Nala. So Simba. Yes. Nice. <laughs> All right, that's my question. Um, I think what what's one quality that somebody has to have jumping into the sneaker industry or music? Or tel I'll telecommunication. I'll say passion. Um, I think just because music, you have to generally have a passion, whether it's music, entertainment, for the industry. But as I look at sports as well, you generally have to have that passion when it comes to. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> when it comes to just what you're doing, and I think like in the space I work in, just the passion for music and entertainment as a whole just helps bring everything together. So when you have passion, it helps drive you, makes you, it helps you work harder. So I just think passion just across the board is my key. Favorite song of all time? Favorite song of all time? That's a loaded question. Oh, I know, believe me, I know. <laughs> that is a loaded question. We <laughs> say Tupac, Me Against the World. Okay. Um, let's see. Another question. <laughs> I don't know. I have so many. I'm trying to. What's um? What's a book that you would recommend? Are you a big reader? First of all, I am. Okay. I what read. What's a book that you would recommend? Outliers. Outliers. Good book. Outliers. Really good book. Um. I lost what I was gonna ask, so I'm gonna do this. This one doesn't. <laughs> this one doesn't have to be a few sentences. What makes you strange on purpose? I would say. Being adventurous, um, I think my life, as I've mentioned, has been a, had been an adventure, and I'm just one of those people that I'm not afraid to like enter uncharted territory. As you can see, I'll pick up and leave and go to a different country in a different state and do what I need to do. So, I, and for me, my love and passion for traveling, um, one just to kind of immerse myself in culture and music, just brings about. So, I'm saying, being adventurous is what makes me strange on purpose. <laughs> 